Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat, a show where I interview business executives, talent development professionals, and thought leaders to find out what has been successful and challenging in the world of talent development. My objective is to share ideas, valuable lessons, tools, advice, and trends. My hope is that all of this will ultimately help you, the listener, expand your knowledge, grow your career, and accelerate your success as a talent development professional. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today. I have a great interview for you with Michael Barron. And Mike is a senior talent acquisition leader with extensive experience in building, scaling, developing, and leading multi-tier recruiting and sourcing teams and functions on a national level across service lines, industries, business units, sectors, markets, and regions. Currently, Mike is the head of talent acquisition for the US and Canada at RSM, an audit tax and consulting firm with 43 plus thousand employees. And previously, Michael spent 20 years at PwC in various roles. Mike has also been focused on the development and implementation of comprehensive, innovative recruiting and sourcing strategies, in addition to driving and assessing operational effectiveness and excellence. Mike's passion for brand building and the pursuit of technological innovation help his teams gain a competitive advantage in the talent acquisition market and broaden networks of talent. And I'm excited to get into some of those topics today. Mike, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah, so great to have you on. Of course, we got introduced by uh, Sarah McEnany from PwC, who was on uh, several weeks, months, episodes back, uh, and has been one of the most popular episodes all about how she's been future-proofing the business over there. And I've gotten a chance to uh, get to know her very well. So kind. And uh, you and I were talking about her and how she was so kind to you when you worked with her. And of course, when you made the transition over to RSM about, uh, what, nine months ago or so at this point, right? Little over. Little over nine. You got it. Cool. Well, I want to get into some of those topics, especially uh, scaling talent acquisition, embracing you know innovation and technology in that space, and developing a real competitive advantage. Uh, you know, this podcast has been primarily about talent development, even in the name. Uh, we haven't had a lot of discussions about talent acquisition. I think it will definitely be helpful for some people to have that uh, perspective. Uh, before we do, share a little bit of your background. Anything that you want to fill in that I didn't cover in that intro? <laughs> you did a pretty good and extensive job. I will share with you again, 23 years of, of experience in, in talent acquisition. I cut my teeth in the agency environment way back when, after I graduated 
from college and um, just loved every minute of what I was doing and, and worked my way progressively into the corporate world. I started my corporate recruiting career at KPMG, was there for, uh, for about a year before I went to PwC. And when I, um, when I joined PwC, my career really, really took off. Um, very fortunate to have some great, have had some great mentors and a lot of great guidance over there um, over the course of time. And um, the opportunity came for me to take the next step in my career about a year ago as RSM called to, uh, to ask me if I'd be interested in listening to an opportunity to, uh, to join the firm as the head of talent acquisition for the U.S. and, and Canada. And uh, it was a very heart-wrenching process just having had the opportunity to spend that long in one environment. But what really, what really sold me in terms of the, the opportunity to come here was really the, the focus on who we are, what we are, and why we are as a firm. The opportunity to join an organization that is so focused and consistent in terms of the message relative to being the premier provider of services to the middle market in the world with a, a true focus on our values and our, and our culture and the consistency of the message that was delivered to me from every single person I spoke with, um, along with the opportunity to really come bet on myself um, and take all of the things that I had learned uh, in my career at PwC over here. It was it was just too good to uh, to turn down, and um, I've enjoyed every minute since I've been here. Haven't looked back, and excited to be talking to you about it today. Very cool. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because uh, it sounds like they made a strong push to bring you over to RSM as the, you know the person they wanted to be leading talent acquisition there, especially as the company grows. Um, being in a pretty big growth phase, I think. Um, what was it about you that made them really want you in this role? What do you bring to that that's going to help RSM scale in the future? Well, this is this is the talent development hot seat, right? So putting me on the spot is uh, is pretty appropriate, right? I think that what it ultimately came down to was one passion, right? There there are these intangibles that that you really can bring to the table relative to what people want to be able to see. So, you know, technical ability from a recruiting perspective, from a leadership perspective, all important. But I think I am a very passionate person when it comes to the ability to be able to acquire talent and, and do it in a way that is scalable, as, as you shared, and do it in a way that will help firms, organizations grow and, and develop. And the plan that I had that I brought to the table around being able to enhance our function. And we have an amazing team. This is a team that has impressed me from the very beginning, Andy, in terms of the way they care about the firm, the way our recruiters, our recruiting coordinators, every single person on our team from the leadership level uh, across the organization care about one another. That was already there. Um, this was an opportunity to help take an organization and, and a firm from a TA perspective to another place, right? I wouldn't even say another level, just to another place to be able to enhance and, and focus on building out opportunities for us to be able to drive incredible focus around operations and strategy. 
to be able to continue to grow in areas like our consulting practice, which is exponentially growing right now across our tax practice, across our audit practice. And of course, from an internal perspective as well, all the people we need to continue to bring in to support the growth across the organization. How has talent acquisition changed? You've been in this for over 20 years now. Um, How has talent acquisition changed in that time? I remember many, many years ago, literally putting in this thing called phone desk (laughs) into a computer and, and pulling up a list of names of people who we would have to dial for dollars, right. To be able to, to be able to find, there was no, um, there was no LinkedIn, right. We really didn't have the ability to drive a recruitment marketing platform. We didn't LinkedIn. I don't know how I could survive without that. (laughs) Crazy. Right. It's really incredible when you think about it. It was really phone based, right? I mean, that's that's what it came down to. But I will tell you, I, I cut my teeth on that and through that and really learned the value of building and developing relationships. And that was critical because that today is no different from the way that it was back then. What has changed is the way that we're able to now interact, engage with, identify and pursue talent. Right to be able to really share in a much broader based way than picking up the phone and having a one-off conversation with somebody, all of the great information about the the organization, about the firm, about different elements of, of growth and development that we're focused on, about our values and, and about everything that we need people in the market to know in order to be interested in, in us as, as a firm and the different lines of business that we support. Yeah, I like that. I mean, so certainly the technology has changed things a lot, uh, but relationships, as you said, are still really important. Um, and I want to ask you about that. Uh, I'm obviously, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I'm big about relationships and networking. I noticed since the, we got introduced by Sarah, since the first email, uh, you have been so incredibly nice at every step of the way. And even when we got on today, of course, we hit it off right away. We're laughing, we're joking about different things. <laughs> and you know, you're you're, in my mind, at least a big company, big firm executive. So I don't always see that, but you're very friendly and obviously take relationships very seriously. Tell me more about your, your philosophy on that. Relationships are the, the, the backbone. They're the foundation of everything you do, right? I mean, you think about the fact that, you know, we just talked about everything has, has changed in terms of technology and the approach to be able to identify, pursue, acquire, stay connected with people, Right. But those relationships are and will forever be at the core of, of everything that, that you do. And if you don't develop good, positive, meaningful, impactful relationships, you become transactional. And from my perspective, a transactional focus in anything that you do does not, it doesn't fulfill me, Andy, right? It's, it's something that, that I just have always tried to steer away from. I, I, I do the best that I can to be able to put myself in the, the person's shoes who I'm connecting with, right? And, and want to make sure that, that that is an important aspect of everything that I try to do. I would want to be treated that way as well. Yeah, awesome. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world and things are changing so fast it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank Community as a central and safe place to access information, 
ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks, and on to the episode. Okay, so relationships are very important. Empathy, important. Talent acquisition has changed a lot over the years. Of course, technology is a lot more involved now. What's your philosophy on talent acquisition today? What are the, the important things that a company needs to do to make sure they're getting talent acquisition right, especially in 2019 when things move faster, you know, people have more options, they can move around, they can easily look for different jobs, different options. And from what I understand, I haven't known of as much experience in the talent acquisition space, but just like with anything else, we have higher expectations in terms of how fast things move, right? People are not willing to wait three weeks or four weeks to hear back on a job application. So, you know, what is that? What does your philosophy look like on talent acquisition today? Yeah, so a couple of couple of things, right? When I think about some of our, our challenges that we have, right, there's such an intense competition for talent. What's changed so much, it's the type of skills that we're looking for, right? Given focus around automation, right? Digitization. And it doesn't matter if it's accounting, consulting, in industry, right? You name it. We're all looking for the same types of, of skills, right? Technical and soft. And, and it's the constant focus on differentiation as it relates to value proposition and sell to share why we're the right choice for our candidates that can ultimately end up swaying a, a decision, right? As, as I think about RSM and the way that we try to sell our firm, right? And what's important to us, we want to make sure as an example that we're providing people with this opportunity to make a true personal impact on their careers um, that's supported through reaching their professional goals, right? On our clients, our, our new hires, even from entry level, are involved directly with clients right when they start and our community. And we support that through giving back, through personal and, and financial involvement. We want our people, we want our, our hires, we want our existing staff, whether we're recruiting or re-recruiting, because that's so important also, to really be their authentic self. We have a lot of pride in diversity and the value of providing diverse experiences and perspectives to our clients, right? But also to one another and with one another. We want our, our staff to own their future and really understand how cool it is to be a part of helping to shape an industry. We truly believe that we're the voice of the middle market and working with us and our clients is going to help to share and shape the future, right? By providing these unique perspectives and insights. And, and the other piece that's so critical is being part of this culture to demonstrate stewardship and really amplifying the success of our employees, our clients, our, our firm. So everything that I shared with you is you talk about the way that we have to go out and, and acquire talent and differentiate ourselves. We're all trying to find these ways now to be able to make sure that our, our candidates, the marketplace, our current staff understand the value that we truly do provide um, as we look to bring talent into the organization and keep talent here. 
And as I sit back and think about the other pieces of trend, right, in terms of how we're going to be able to acquire talent to be able to join the firm and do it in a, a different way now, we're seeing trends as well around work flexibility and flexible work arrangements, right? Work flexibility meaning the ability to find ways to provide more opportunities to work remotely and all of the benefits that come from that and, and really to enhance skill sets through internal mobility. We want our people to join us and continue to grow and develop here. And we're seeing those trends in the external market as well. And we need to continue to be able to address and, and react. And from a flexible work arrangement perspective, it's this ability to identify a more flexible workforce of, of talent interested in more project-based or seasonal work. We are continuing to focus on that as we continue to move forward. The other thing that we've seen, Andy, is, is really a greater focus from a trending perspective around identifying true fit. And one of the things that we're focusing on as well is, is not just the work that someone's done, right? Not just their, their hard skill set, if you will, but more those intangibles, the soft skill sets. We pride ourselves and really focus on what we call the five C's, being caring, courageous, collaborative, curious, critical thinkers. And we look for that type of talent as well, right? As, as we continue to to address our needs. That's not always as easy to be able to identify, <laughs> right? But it is something that we share and it's something that we look for in the responses to the questions that we're asking students. And we're really trying to find those additional ways to be able to drive talent into the firm that we may be able to help to, to upskill, yeah. right? As they come on, knowing that they have the ability, the aptitude to be able to do so. Mike, you mentioned these trends of work flexibility and flexible work arrangements. And I'm yeah. definitely intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by so many trends. And I know that you know, even going back to my conversation with Sarah McEnany about the future of work, that we're moving towards this gig economy and flexible work envi- you know, environment. So it's interesting to hear that you're catering towards that. I want to ask about that. Before I do, I'm curious what you're seeing what do candidates really care about today when they're choosing a place to work? I mean, you talked about culture and that value proposition. I'm sure in some ways that has always mattered. But what I'm seeing from data is that in the older days, it was about money and security. Today, security is still important, but people care a lot more about development opportunities and purpose and how they fit in with their organizational goals, things like that. Are you seeing those as well? We very much are. And granted... You know, money, compensation, benefits, yep. that goes hand in hand, right? I mean, that, yeah. I don't think that will ever change. People still want to get paid. <laughs> People want to get paid. That's right. Um, but we are definitely seeing more of that type of, of focus, right? It's more than just the dollars. It's what am, am I going to be able to get out of this as I continue to grow? And how are you going to do that for me in terms of helping me grow and develop? Which is why I think as, as we all are continuing to speak with such amazing people across the country and we are asking our recruiters to have those conversations with all of this talent from a campus perspective all the way through a direct admit partner perspective, we're having to provide them and rightfully so with that overarching understanding of what the experience is going to be when they join the firm what it's going to look like from day one all the way through day 60 and 90 and and beyond, which makes onboarding 
an equally critical piece of the talent acquisition process. It's, it's how we are assimilating people and how we're driving a consistent message from the first time we speak with candidates through the time they join the firm and assimilate through their career. So they're seeing that level of consistency. And, and Andy, what ends up happening is when you have that opportunity to provide that incredible experience, like RSM has provided for me, right? As I joined the firm, all I want to do is go out and tell people about how great this, this firm is. And that's what we want to be able to continue to foster as we move forward. That ability to drive referrals into our organization is it's just critical. And, and it's only going to come if people are not content, but excited and enthusiastic about the experience they're having with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to cater to what they care about. Um, and speaking of that, going back to what we were talking about before, this work flexibility. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, it's moving towards more of a, a gig economy. And sometimes people talk about that. They're talking about, oh, everybody's going to be a contractor floating around doing gigs. I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. We're still going to have plenty of big, you know, multinational companies and big firms. But I'm hearing more companies and more people talk about doing project-based work. Do you see people looking for that those types of roles? What do you see the future of work looking like? And, and how does that change talent acquisition and talent development? Not only am I seeing people looking for it, but we're all having to continue to adjust to the complement of staff right? that we need to bring on as we continue to move forward. Um, from a line of business to line of business perspective, we clearly need a full-time workforce. There is no question about that. However, in the past, I think what, what we've seen across all organizations, right, is this, this desire to go out and find everybody from a full-time perspective. We are now looking at this environment where the desire is to do more seasonal work, right, and, and to do more project-based work. And we have to account for that. We have to account for this managed staffing solution opportunity, right, where we hear from our internal clients that we have the ability to win a client and we need 20 to 30 people to do three to four months worth of project work and have to snap our fingers, right? And be able to on a dime, bring that type of talent in. And that's how we're all adjusting right now to this type of environment that continues to become more prevalent. It's critical. I think it clearly is not just the workforce of the future. I think it's the workforce of today. And the more we are adjusting and acclimating to that, the more we're going to be able to continue to keep our clients happy and the more we're going to continue to drive the scalable and diverse model of talent that we bring into the firm. Yeah, I, I think that it's changing so much, right? And you're kind of on the forefront of seeing how that's changing and you've got to be able to flex to that future model, to what those people want, yeah. you know, and where the firm is going. And you made comments about going into a pretty strong culture at RSM and being pressed with everything there. I think that... As I've worked with different companies, different firms, you know, they're, they're struggling sometimes with how do we shift the culture? There may be a few people saying, well, this is the way we need to go. For instance, I did some work with a company recently that decided, hey, we need to move a little bit more towards project-based roles. But they know they're going to face a lot of resistance from outside their small group within the company because people are very protective of their turf and their roles and managers don't want to give up their employees, you know, because they tend to be very protective. I think there's a lot of fear involved in that. What's your philosophy? How do you change the culture to move people more in that direction? 
some of it is this level of self change where the culture is shifting because we have to, yeah. right? And and that's really that's really important. The other way that you have to do it is through influence, right? And and the recognition of what is happening in the external market, what is happening in terms of of either people coming to us saying, this is what I want. And if you're going to want me, you're going to need to do it in a way that is going to work for me, right? And and recognizing the opportunities internally to be able to address that. Because that's that's where when you don't make the change, right? Or you don't when you don't have that influence to be able to make that happen, you start to lose out to the competition because everybody is trying to adjust right now on a dime to be able to make that happen. So it's a matter of really being able to show what's happening in the market. Hope that there's that internal recognition as well, which we know there is here. You know, as you think about what we've done from an overarching just technology experience center that that we've built, right? This is yeah. this is all focused on this workforce of the future and how we're going to best be able to serve our clients and who we're best going to be able to serve our clients with. So it's continuing to be able to address those trends, those changes, continue to drive that influence internally when you do kind of run up against some kind of resistance. But I think it's it's becoming less and less, right? As we're all acknowledging what we have to do to stay ahead of the game. Yeah. And some people will be willing to change and they could, some people could be leading the change and some people are going to be resistant to change and they may need to go yeah. find a different place to work if they don't fit into that culture and, and what the company is building, right? That's exactly right. And, and, you know, it takes some time. You want to be able to make sure that you're, you're giving everyone an opportunity to hop on the bus with you. <laughs> this episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website, again, is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. Right? But eventually, there comes that point in time as well where the bus is leaving the station and um, you know, you have to, you have to make that decision. Mike, in your bio or your notes that you sent to me, uh, you mentioned, you said your passion for brand building and pursuit of technological innovation. And that definitely intrigued me. Tell me a little bit more about what that means. What is your passion for brand building? And then uh, of course the technological innovation I'm intrigued by as well. Yeah. I, I feel like from a TA perspective, we represent an entire firm, an entire organization. And that means that we are the brand, right, of our firm as we go out in the marketplace to try to find talent. We need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to position ourselves in a way where the external market understands the, the significant 
growth as an example that we have within each of our lines of business, that we're sharing that in a way that is compelling. We're targeting specific sets of skills through, as an example, recruitment marketing. Um, which is another, this is not a trend today. This is a trend a few, a few years ago that continues to evolve as we move forward. But it's a strategic way to be able to target specific sets of skills, right? That we want to make sure are in the know in terms of what it is that we're doing and how we're doing it and how they can, how they can fit in to this environment. So it's the utilization of technology to be able to continue to build that presence, that extensive market presence that we want everybody to see and feel and know um, about us. And, and we're not the only ones doing this, right? So again, it goes back to who does it the best, who is the smartest, not always the fastest, right? But who may be the smartest in terms yeah. of the way that we're targeting to try to drive the compelling message forward. Okay. Can you give me a couple examples? Who is doing it the best and what are some things that the best out there are doing to leverage technology and, and target those um, the critical skills they're looking for? I'd love to say we're doing it the best. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you're also there to improve things. Absolutely. No, no question about it. Right? And we do, have some, we do have some work to be able to do. So from my perspective... The firms, the organizations that utilize recruitment marketing platforms to their fullest, right? And what I mean by that is not just utilizing an ATS to be able to, to drive requisitions into the market for people to see, but people who are using some strategic platforms that are maybe CRM-based and, and able to, to market, truly market opportunities and information to the external marketplace. The ones who are using social media to, to their best possible advantage. It's the recruiters who are constantly engaged in the market. Um, and I do think we do a fantastic job of this, by the way, to be able to continue to share that consistent message with everyone they speak with that people are seeing and feeling from a technology perspective, from a recruitment marketing perspective. It's pulling it all together. You can't just have one element and not the other, right? It's the ones who are kind of really aligning the technology, the marketing, the discussion, being able to, to understand very quickly what the skill sets are from a workforce of the future perspective and aligning them with the needs and aligning the candidates and the people they're speaking with in the market with those needs as well. Those are the organizations that are that are doing it the best right now. And and you know ultimately I think we have an amazing opportunity here to be able to very quickly put ourselves into a position through some of these platforms and through some of the technology we're utilizing today to be able to be right there with the people we're competing against for this this talent in the market. Right. Okay. So you mentioned a lot of te there's technology platforms, CRMs, software, things that companies can use. You also mentioned social media. And I'm intrigued by that because I am a big fan of social media. I use social media a lot to build my own personal brand. I'm on LinkedIn all the time, as well as Instagram and Facebook and, and build relationships that way. But I'm building my own personal brand, using a little bit for sales. I don't know the talent acquisition recruiting side of things. How are the best companies leveraging social media in 2019 to build their own brand and recruit great talent? Well, there are a couple of things, right? You can use social media today to one, drive your, your, your positions, right? Through a number of different platforms. We're linking to, um, linking to landing pages as an example. 
um, for specific needs and specific skill sets with blown out levels of information for people to be able to truly understand not only what the needs are, but what the pieces of the organization that have those needs are doing to be able to drive a, a, an additional value proposition, right? It's taking information and being able to use it to your advantage. And I'll give you an example in terms of what we did just about a month and a half ago. We did an Instagram takeover in preparation for what we call Pathways, which is our, our externship program. We hold 33 of them across the country. And this is for all of the amazing students across tax, audit, and consulting that we want to bring in to share our RSM experience with, with the understanding that we want them to be interns with us the following year, right? So what we did was we used the Instagram platform to be able to hold a live Q&A where people would be able to get on, ask questions, and instead of just responding with words, we had recruiters in different locations across the country, not only addressing those needs, but doing it with people from the business who were doing what people were asking about, right? To really be able to leverage the the real-time connections, right? And the real-time work that, that they're doing. So it's finding ways to utilize social media. It's finding ways to utilize... We use as an example a, a CRM called Smashlot. There are a lot of them there. It's a, it, and that is the recruitment marketing platform. It's finding ways to be able to drive those messages into the market, right? To be able to make sure that people understand what we are doing and how we are doing it. Uh, that's so interesting. And I like that because I think I could see people reacting and saying, well, you know, recruiting professional stuff, you should be on LinkedIn. But, you know, you think about Gen Z students, they're on Instagram. That's what they're spending their time. So you, you're going to do wait for them to come to you or you're going to go to them on the platform where they are and they're on Instagram. So that's where you're going to convert, have conversations with them. That, that's exactly right. And, and you try to find the different opportunities at the right times to be able to do it as well. And LinkedIn will always be, I think, right, a, a pretty important piece of our, of our puzzle. Sure. But wherein you go back a few years ago, it was the most critical piece. It's now a piece, a critical one, right? But one of many different formats and platforms within which we need to utilize to be able to, to drive talent into the firm and identify talent as well. Sure, Microsoft's not too happy to hear you say that. They paid all this money for LinkedIn and they thought they got the platform and now it's just one of many platforms out there. But it's still the place to be. And actually, I think it's been getting more popular in other realms beyond uh, just recruiting, which is kind of interesting. Very very much so, right? Very much so. And it is, like I said, it's critical. Um, But we need to expand, right? To be able to, like you, exactly like you said, Andy, be able to take our, our message to to the places where we know people are going to continue to be looking. Yeah. Mike, what's been your biggest accomplishment in talent, your talent acquisition career so far? I will say this, right? Because I don't think it's fair to, um, to highlight one specific thing or person. For me, my greatest accomplishment is, is really being able to see the people who I have coached and developed and mentored become talent acquisition leaders. There is nothing more exciting for me than to see people growing and, and developing and knowing that I played some little part right, in, in their ability yeah. to be able to do that. That's awesome. You're making a difference in their career. Yeah. What's been your biggest failure or mistake and what did you learn from it? I actually did this twice. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say it's a mistake, Andy, because I learn from all of my mistakes, right? And I, right. I value them. I call it a failure, right? And it was it was stepping into um into two leadership roles that I wasn't ready for. Yep. Um, really thinking I knew more than I did. And and the worst part, but also the most eye-opening part about each situation was hearing some of the feedback from the teams I was leading that they weren't learning from me. And it really, it was because I thought I knew what leadership was. And, and in hindsight, at that point in time in my career, and this is going back probably 12 to... 15 years ago now, right? I was probably more excited about the idea at the time than I was the actual act and role and responsibility of leadership. And, and it took some time for me to be able to recognize the importance of that, right? And, and how when you truly have someone's career you know, in your hands, you have to nurture that and cherish every, every minute of that. And I, I learned, I learned the hard way, but I learned and, um, I value and cherish every day being in, in a leadership role. It's awesome. And these are all lessons, right? We learn from all of yeah. these opportunities, which is the great thing. Um, sometimes we have to learn the lesson twice or three times or sometimes four times. <laughs> it depends on what the lesson is. I'm hoping that that was it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. For me. <laughs> Are there any other trends that you're seeing or tr you're following in talent development or talent acquisition that we haven't talked about, touched on so far? Um, you know, th those are really the, the two main ones. I know I hit on this a little bit before in terms of the, the soft skill versus the hard, you know, technical skill piece. I do think that is going to continue to become one that is going to be a focal point more and more when, when you think about holistic fit for an organization as we move forward, particularly knowing that um, as we bring students in off campus, as an example, they're not coming with all of the skill sets we need them to have, right? And it's our responsibility to make sure that we're identifying what those true soft skills are that we need, that they possess, so that we could bring them in and, and help to develop and grow them as we move forward. I do think that's going to be something we'll see more and more of as time goes by. Awesome. I like it. And I, I agree. I think as I think about the future and the coming robot revolution, uh, you know, robots are going to, they're going to do more and more of the technical skills, right? The, the coding and the things, um, but they'll never be able to Well, I shouldn't say never, but it'll be harder for them to replace those soft skills, those empathy, what, how people connect with each other and communicate with each other versus doing some of those, those technical skills that they're taking on more and more. And I will say this as well. Robots do not take the place of relationships, right? And, and that's why I go back to the very beginning of our conversation around the value that I place on them and what we try to continue to foster across our organization. Oh my gosh. I just... Can I ask you to please write a book called Relationships Over Robots? I think it would be so great. <laughs> Speaking of books, Mike, uh, is there one book that you often recommend or, or made a big impact on, on your life? Or your career, book wise, I'm I'm more of a mystery book kind of guy. So okay. I don't read a ton of books from a, a career perspective. I've clearly read Lean In, right? That that's I mean that's one of the most critical books I think that's been written in, in a really long time. But I know you had also asked me about um, TED Talk. Oh yeah, right. And and I did want to share that because. 
I do a lot of reading of, of, of Harvard Business Review information, right? Forbes, Harvard Business Review around leadership, communication, collaboration. Um, I don't watch a lot of TED Talks, but I do from time to time. And um, the one that really has had a tremendous impact on me, and we're going to be having a, a leadership meeting in a couple of weeks, actually, for our talent acquisition leadership team. And it's one that I shared with our team because I want to talk about it because I think it's so critical. I am a huge believer in having fun with what you do, right? And, and loving and enjoying what it is that you do. And um, the one that I, that I saw recently was, it was called The Happy Secret to Better Work. And it was delivered by Sean Anker, who I believe is a psychologist. And it's about a 12-minute TED Talk. And the premise of this is that flip between the idea of work causing happiness versus happiness creating a better work product, right? So in other words, if you enjoy what you do, if you're happy in your work environment, if you put a lot of the, the, the things that you might be complaining about or worrying about or concerned about aside, and you just enjoy life and you enjoy what it is that you're doing, you're going to see a far better work product than you are if you're going to rely on work to drive your happiness. That was really impactful for me because that is exactly the type of culture and environment that I want to be able to drive within our talent acquisition organization. It's, it's really relevant and it's something that I would encourage everybody to, to take a look at. I love it. Uh, anybody who knows me or interacts with me knows that I like to bring energy and fun and happiness to everything I do, inject into my work, into my client work. I only want to work with clients who like to have fun. If they don't like to have fun, we're probably not a good match. And I like to interview guests who like to have fun too. And you've had a big smile on your face <laughs> the entire interview. So I value that. Uh, Mike, last question for you. Yeah. For anyone out there in talent development or talent acquisition looking for ways to accelerate their careers and, and be prepared for that next level, what's one more piece of advice you would give? A couple things. Be persistent. Be bold. Ask as many questions as you can. Never be satisfied. Right? Do not think you know everything because the TA world is constantly evolving. Right? Build those relationships. And don't be afraid to fail. You're going to fail in talent acquisition. It's inevitable. You're not going to hire everyone you are pursuing, right? Um, but keep going because what I love about what I do, and it's, it's, it's truly for me one of the most rewarding careers I can think of, right? Is that we really do on a regular basis help to create impact within an organization, right? And help to, to drive growth. But we also, even more importantly, help to, to impact people's lives. And that's the part for me that I never stop thinking about. And I am so appreciative of the work that every single person on our team does every day as they think about that and they care for, for everything that they do and one another to try to make that happen for people they're, they're trying to bring into the firm. I love it. Such great advice there for anybody in any career. And I want to repeat it because I was furiously taking notes as you said it. Be persistent, be bold, ask questions, never be satisfied. Don't think you know everything. Build relationships and don't be afraid to fail. Uh, those are all things that I pretty much live by that, uh, that drive my success. I appreciate uh, you saying all of those. I try to be actually satisfied, grateful for the life I have and yet ambitious 
to be able to do more. So I appreciate those, Mike. For anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, maybe they are excited about the culture, the the picture that you painted of what you're doing at RSM, and they might want to come over and join your team. What's the where should they go? How should they reach out? They could go to our they could go to our career site. They could reach out to me um, on LinkedIn. They could reach out to any one of our recruiters, and most importantly, don't hesitate to send any type of of email put a phone call in and then just connect with us on LinkedIn. So I'm going to go back to LinkedIn there, Andy, as well, because that's the way that we're going to be able to build those relationships. Love it. And if you're on LinkedIn and we're not connected, make sure to connect with me because I post content daily. I'm, I'm on there all the time. And I love interacting with people on there. Mike, this has been uh, so fun, so valuable for me and learning about what's going on in the world from a talent acquisition perspective and where things are going in the world of work. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know it's been valuable for our listeners as well. So thank you again for coming on the Talent Development Hot Seat. Thanks for having me, Andy. This has been great. All right. Take care. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. Inside, we have members from companies all over the world who are working on all different things in talent development and sharing what's been working, what's been not working, and answering each other's questions so we can all get our jobs done more effectively and be more successful in our careers. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to tdtt.us slash community, and you can use code HOTSEAT for 25% off your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HOTSEAT for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you got value out of this show, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your colleagues and friends. We want to spread the word and add as much value to the talent development community as possible. And we need your help. As always, you can find more information and connect with me at talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Take care.